Collective Shades, and you're listening to Girls We Know on Family FM, recording inside Canal Street Radio. Welcome, guys, to another episode. Yes. We're here um, with Alyssa Nielsen. Yes, hi. Thank <laughs> you for having me. Of course. Um, so why don't we just go ahead and dive in yeah. and um, uh, let everyone like who you are and like you know what you do and why are you in New York? Oh my gosh, I've been in New York for almost eight years, so there's always a new answer, like every week, like why am I here? Yeah. Um, I don't know. (laughs) Um, I am in New York because I went to advertising school and I got an advertising job in New York. (laughs) I guess that's like the day-to-day reason why I'm here, but I love the city, so I've I've left twice and I've moved back three times, so every time I leave I come back like a boomerang so <laughs> I'm probably going to be here for the rest of my life yeah um, it's such a special city yeah, yeah such a special city I feel like I'm not going to be over New York until I'm maybe 40 like that's when I'm going to go back to Texas or something would you want to like raise your family and everything here or would you do you think you would maybe want to go back I do want to raise my family here. I, my partner lives in Amsterdam, and I'm kind of getting into Europe. So, oh, Angie, I'm loves obsessed Amsterdam. with Amsterdam. I've been four times, and I love it every single time. Yeah, and that is the one place um, that I say like I could live. It's very diverse. Get you a Dutch man. It's yes. life changing. So I we'll heard see. that many times. Yeah, they're so nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. So we'll see. But I love <laughs> New York. It's the most special city in the world. Yeah, me, would so. he ever move here? He would. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> Next episode. Yeah. Maybe the Valentine's Day one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> okay, so you're um, in advertising and social media. Yeah. So um, I remember, um, I think I remember that you were like at 72 and sunny in California and you've done things for like Beats by Dre and Buffy. Yeah. So why don't you like talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I came to New York and I didn't really know what I was going to do because I had an advertising degree but I had so many different interests at first like I wanted to do PR I like opened my own company when I was 22 which is a very distant memory because I just couldn't get a job so mm-hmm. I just needed to pay my rent because my parents cut me off so <laughs> I started to like do consulting but I didn't know I was actually doing consulting at the time I was just like helping brands make Instagram accounts. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, that's what it was. And um, yeah, then I started working in social media at Nylon Magazine. And then from there, I got into 72 and Sunny. And that's kind of what I needed to do with my degree. So uh-huh. um, yeah, I started working in strategy on the advertising side. And then I just felt really led to LA for some reason. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Texas. So and I went to school in Austin. So I really wanted to be outdoors again. And I felt really like burnt out. And I also had a really bad breakup. So <laughs> to be honest, um, so I decided Needed to like distract yourself and yeah, like go out. And- yeah, so I, I moved to LA with like no friends or anything there, just like people I knew from the internet. <laughs> and I started working at Beats by Dre and social media, which was the first time I left like the agency side mm-hmm. of things, like with in the client side of business. And then I went into working in house for a brand that I really thought had a lot of potential and it it does Um, and it has a lot of volume and scale and so it was really easy to like do that job really well and then I got bored in LA (laughs) really quickly. Is Um, it the slow pace you think or? The slow pace it was hard for me to connect with friends and to have to even meet friends or to follow up with them once Mm -hmm. I would meet them and like there were people who came to my going away party and I was there for a year. So there were people who came to my going away party that I was trying to hang out with the entire year that I was there. Like, you have to oh, wow. move from L.A. to get people out the house to see you. Like, it's just a really weird culture. Yeah. Um, I heard. Because, like, you have to drive and you have to think about, like, community. Yeah. yeah. So it's, like, trying to connect with people. But it's- not even. Because a lot of my friends or people that I knew there, like, lived in the area I lived in. Oh. Like, maybe a 10-minute drive without the freeway or the highway. Uh-huh. And, like, I still would never hang out with them. So yeah. I'm just, it's just, like, a weird culture of like you don't run into people or go to events like on foot I guess yeah so it just really felt alienating and my family is on the east coast now so um yeah I came right back to New York and I started freelancing um at a startup so that was very new to me going from a big brand to a startup but I've always had this like 
kind of urge to work in startup culture. I just mm -hmm. enjoy like building brands. So that's kind of what I did when I was 22. So I kind of wanted to do that again for a brand that didn't really have a footprint yet. So I started freelancing with Buffy as their social lead. And then I went back into an advertising agency and I'm making like ads for a really big brand called IHOP, if you've ever heard of it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of that's, embarrassing. <laughs> that's kind of crazy, IHOP, wow. Yeah, yeah I make pancake ads. It's still good experience, though, like at the end of the day, you know? It's fun, yeah. It's fun to, like, I think part of why I love what I do, if I even can say I love what I do now, it's just because I enjoy being able to take a brand and make it relevant. Like, mm -hmm. there's so many ways to make brands relevant, and it changes right. maybe every week. So, yeah, it's fun. What would you say that you love, I guess, the most about, like, when you are working and specifically, like, the social media realm? to like different brands that you were working yeah. with? Yeah, I would say I think I enjoy that social is always changing, right? Like brands are always doing really innovative things on platforms that exist. And I just really enjoyed taking a brand, especially with Beats, because it has that heritage and it has that cultural tie to like sports and to fashion and to different verticals like that. I enjoyed kind of taking the brand outside of what people expected and kind of making it seem just more palatable and yeah. more innovative than it maybe is. I, mm -hmm. I really like that. So yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, because I'm I'm in that realm. Yeah, I do social media marketing for Steve Madden. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, I'm it's the same. It's fun. I mean, I, I honestly miss social. I probably will go back to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eventually, and probably try to stay in social within a brand that I really like. But it's different at every different job. Like it I, is. I find that even now, like I'll look at social media jobs, and some of them require the craziest stuff. And I'm like, that's not social. That's like graphic design like you want a designer you don't want a social media person I don't know yeah. but yeah and um, like as far as creating like a big campaign like how is the process for you in that yeah well I'm a strategist so I do social and digital strategy so for me it's taking the creative idea um, or the spot or the script whatever you want to call it and integrating it into social platforms um, and also activating on platforms that maybe are kind of untouched by brands. So mm -hmm. I just did a really big project on TikTok for IHOP, which is was kind of funny. Like, I don't know, I find that working on a restaurant brand on the internet is interesting because there's such like competition with like the Wendy's of the world. Yeah. And it's, it's I just thought of all the tweets. Yeah. I know, yeah, me too. It's, it's a lot. It's chaotic and it's kind of embarrassing what they do to like stand out. But yeah, just like finding different platforms to activate on um, mm -hmm. and also mitigating the content from the bigger creative idea onto social platforms and then measuring against it, like how successful was it? How successful was it not? Um, mm -hmm. And what could we change going forward? And what could we learn? Yeah. So yeah, kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> how much like diversity would you personally say from like what you've experienced is in yeah. advertising and marketing? Um, none. <laughs> uh, Same. <laughs> I'm actually struggling with that quite a bit this year, to be honest, for the first time in my career. I've been working for close to five years and I was on a podcast maybe two years ago. Um, about diversity and I was like I've never dealt with it personally but I've heard horror stories and yeah I'm dealing with it personally um, this year and it's a problem it's definitely a problem I, I don't know I kind of feel like there are so many glass ceilings and it's, mm -hmm. it's really sad um, and there's no representation in a lot of these big agencies and a lot of these agencies are hiring like diversity and inclusion people but I just don't see it Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of tired and one thing I've learned this year is that a lot of these non-diverse spaces are that way by design and I just don't know if I want to integrate them I just kind of feel like I just will go somewhere else that's yeah. kind of where I'm at right now I think it's a hard battle to fight especially when you're kind of like the only person of color because it's like they felt like they've done their job yeah and they don't mm -hmm. Foster you, they don't grow you. Yeah, you have to do so many jobs on top of your actual job. Just culturally, you have to like show up and smile and do all these different things, and then you have to do your actual job. It's just not like it's not fair. Yeah, and it's, right. it's awful, and I I'm over it. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I do see that in a lot in like the advertisement world too. Like there's an advertisement firm in my building, and it's definitely not diverse at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. So it's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. and it's. I don't know. It sucks because then the work becomes affected. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I find that, especially in advertising now and in the industry, you see a lot of diversity at the bottom, right? Like, I find that everyone I know who's black in advertising is an assistant or a junior strategist or a yeah. junior creative. And But there's no directors that are 
of color right. <laughs> at all of these really big agencies that win awards and that have all these different great campaigns and projects and clients and it's like it's just sad and mm-hmm. it's sad to see and the client side is even worse to be completely honest like the clients that I've seen that are at the chief level in these brands um, on the marketing teams they're not diverse either so mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of these rooms are like that by design like right. I, you know it's yeah. just a matter of how do we deal with that and how do we move past that you know mm-hmm. so yeah I, I definitely agree especially looking just from like a social media standpoint like when it comes to like working with influencers now yeah I mean it's hard because I've struggled a lot this year with moving back from Los Angeles because I worked at Beats which is a very black company yeah. so um, and I didn't work there for that reason it just kind of happened for me and literally half of the marketing team at Beats is black the founder of the brand is black like the all the you know C-suite is almost black and the talent we work with like the athletes most of them are black so I never had to really feel like targeted or out of place Um, and I think that was probably why that experience was probably to this day my favorite experience at work just because Mm -hmm. there was no racial element like in the room and um, I felt comfortable like I never had to worry about work beyond my actual job yeah you didn't have to think about that it felt luxurious and then I moved back to New York and I'm back in these super non-diverse spaces and I feel like wow okay like it's so sad but I find that moving forward I have to make diversity a priority for me because that's where I work best Mm -hmm. like I need to be in a company where people look like me right uh, who make decisions and impact culture and then I find that it's just more fun and you feel more comfortable. Right. It's funny that, you know, like New York is such a diverse city, like New York City, but like in working, you know, in like spaces, there's, it's not diverse at all. And that's because like people are moving here from, you know, from other states and, you know, that's who gets hired. And it's awful because when I was leaving like college, I went to school in Austin, which is a very white city. And I was terrified of getting a job there because I was like well I don't want to work in these all white spaces mm-hmm. so I'm going to go to New York and at least I'll have like a cute life and it, yeah it's it just follows you you know yeah. um, so because it's really just like the higher you go the yes. less you see yourself exactly exactly and even now I look around and I don't see anyone who looks like me at the director level not even at the C-suite level and I'm like where am I supposed to go am I supposed right. to just like break a ceiling and also do the job like that's a lot yeah you know so yeah, yeah. And totally. I also say it's really hard to not have someone that's up there that looks like you because then it's like they're never going to understand your struggle. Yeah, yeah. So I it's have, like, who can you go to? Or your point of view. When right. you have exactly. something to say, they're just going to see, they're going to either like just dismiss it or they're just going to think you're overreacting or like, you know, something. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a mentor from when I worked at 72 and Sunny over two years ago. And she's black, and I still text her maybe five times a week, like about work stuff. And she works somewhere else now. I work somewhere else now. We've like moved on. We've gotten older, but it's just so sad that I have yet to find someone else to talk to at work who looks like me. So I'm still contacting her almost daily, and it's just like one of those things that makes me realize like we really are underrepresented, and it is what it is. Yeah, definitely. Honestly, I don't think I have a mentor that's like that looks like me yeah same. like my like a mentor that I that I would say I have like she's white yeah but she like goes like she like rides for me I don't know if she's a mentor or just because we kind of text like friends now uh-huh. it's more just like girl this just happened in this meeting like how do I respond like yeah just like if someone to get advice from how to handle things within the workplace and I'm like that's so sad that there's no one else in the room yeah. that I'm in mm-hmm. for me to have a new friend like this and right it's like I still hold this person from two years ago as like my go-to person to talk about who doesn't work here like who doesn't work with me you know that's so so true yeah I don't have anyone in my space right now that I can be like that I can go to and understand yeah you know yeah absolutely like I can go to someone and they're like it'll be just like oh I'm just venting but like I don't get help yeah you know absolutely (sighs) (sighs) work struggles (laughs) (laughs) Um, so why don't, um, okay, so I know uh, Alyssa through C3. Yeah. That's kind of like how I met you, like at one of the, um, one of the services. So um, living in New York, you know, um, and also kind of like traveling like mm-hmm. to LA, like did you always grow up, in you church. know, in church? I did. Because <laughs> you're very vocal about it on your stories too. Yeah, I grew up in church. Um, I grew, I have two Jamaican parents, so 
I grew up in church more than I grew up at home, which is very sad, <laughs> um, until I was about 16. And I, I remember I got my driver's license and I literally was like, I'm not going to church. I have my own car. So my mom would wake me up in the morning and be like, are you coming? And I'd be like, yeah, I'll meet you guys there. And I would just go back to sleep. Um, so I stopped going to church as soon as I could. Mm-hmm. And I had a really complicated uh, like relationship with the church my parents raised me in. Um, And just the way that they treated people there. And yeah, like I remember my parents got divorced when I was 12 and I just saw how people started to like ostracize my mom in the church Mm -hmm. because she like wasn't married anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just thought that was really low. So I was like, I hate church. Like I'm never going to church again. Like I don't need this to like be a Christian or like have any sort of faith. So I stopped going to church as soon as I could. And then that lasted through high school and through college because I was living in a city where I probably wasn't going to stay. So I was like, Mm -hmm. what's the point of finding a community here or doing anything like that? So I didn't go to church until I moved back to New York. So when I was 22, I found C3 through um, a poster in Bushwick. And at this point, it was just a two location, small Brooklyn like indie church Mm -hmm. so I really liked that because I was going to a bigger church in Manhattan but I could never really get there because the trains were always super delayed or something on Sundays and I was always late and stressed out about going and like not having a seat and I didn't know anyone there and (laughs) like no one ever talked to me for like the six months that I would go like once every few weeks so Mm -hmm. I was like I just need to find a church in Brooklyn like that is cool (laughs) and where I feel comfortable and that is like not super far from my apartment and then I found the C3 poster like a few weeks later and I was like okay cool and it just seemed really like ambiguous like the poster I didn't know what it was so I went to the website and I was like okay it's church like cool so I yeah I've been pretty active there since um and then when I moved to Los Angeles I started going to C3 LA and that's kind of the cool thing too about C3 that there's so many throughout like the world um Mm -hmm. so wherever I go I probably will try to find one (laughs) yeah but but yeah I mean it's been such a really great part of my life and I think it really helps with feeling supported and seen in New York Mm -hmm. especially like in the parts of my life where I have felt like I can't stay here I cannot like there's no way or just with like relationships or whatever like it's just good to have consistency with people Mm -hmm. um and a place to go you know that doesn't really change what, what would you say is like the main thing for you that kind of just since you said because I know you said that like you took a break for like a little bit yeah so what would you say is like the main thing that kind of like brought you back like okay like I think it's time I need like, to go to church <laughs> yeah <laughs> my life is a hot mess uh, my life like, was a God, hot fix mess it. yeah I, well to be honest I think it, I mentioned earlier that I couldn't find a job when I moved to New York and that was a hot mess because I was so poor <laughs> and I was living off my dad and this like one credit card that was maxed out. So I remember I was like, okay, I need to pray <laughs> to get a job. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. So that was like my first response. And like I was praying about it and nothing was happening. I was like still getting rejected to every job I applied for. So I was like, I need to go to church. And if I go to church and pray, <laughs> then the job will it's happen. Gonna work. Yeah. Like if I'm in worship and I just say, God, please, like a job, like it'll happen. Yeah. Um, and that's what I I did like I went to church to start praying for a job but then I was going to the other church in Manhattan okay which is like another like mega church and Hillsong yeah I was going to yeah. Hillsong oh yeah that was cute <laughs> yeah, like I already know I was going to Hillsong I know like, a few people that go yeah. yeah it's huge so it's huge big. it's huge yeah I mean it's cute but no one really talked to me there because it was like because it's so big yeah. yeah I was always late like I remember like only the usher was like there's your seat and no one ever talked to me and I would just like run out and cry after no I'm kidding I didn't cry <laughs> I would run out because it was, I think, close to Union Square at the time when I would just, like, leave and go to, like, the Trader Joe's, mm-hmm. like, because I was stressed from not being talked to. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I really liked the, the, like the job thing and, like, my finances. I was like, I can't do this. I need to, and my parents were like, you need to come home from New York. Like, you can't stay there without a job. Like, it had been, like, eight months. I was working, like, retail jobs and, like, doing odd jobs <laughs> and running that company with the Instagrams. Uh-huh. Um, and I... My parents, like, maybe you should, like, look into jobs in, like, Dallas or Houston, you know, or Atlanta. And yeah. so you can, you know, have a regular life and not have to do all of this yeah. just to pay your Bushwick rent. So <laughs> I was like, Jesus, please, like, I need a job. <laughs> and um, I just felt, like, empty in my own life. And I just felt like, okay, I'm in New York, but now what? Like, mm-hmm. how do I connect to the city and care for it? Because New York, I 
I've experienced this, it will literally beat you up. Yes. If you just don't feel like you care about it, if you don't feel like you have a burden for it, mm-hmm. you know? So Such um, a lonely city. It is. Lonely and also just hard. Mm-hmm. Like, L.A. is lonely, but it's not hard. Like, yeah. it's warm, it's sunny, you can exercise. Like, New York is that and it's hard yeah. you know it's hard to get around it's hard to handle things at, at that age too I had hardly any money so it was hard to even like catch the train like the trains were always down and I had no money for like Uber and I'd miss appointments and it was just awful like yeah. the worst year of my life here and I was like I just need to go to church and like maybe it'll work and then so I started to look into that and I found Hillsong and then I was like well this is inconvenient I can't get to Midtown on a Sunday (laughs) night (laughs) Um, and they only have late services I don't know they're all day but like that's also that was hard too because like I would go to different ones and never see the same people or Mm -hmm. you know whatever and yeah like the train was always I remember the train that I lived off of was always delayed well, it was the L train. The L train. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. What year was that? Because I remember. 2015. Yeah. yeah. There was, was like a bus that you had to take. Yeah. The show. Yeah. And that I was like, summer I was the yeah. worst summer And of I was my like, life. I can't do this just to get to church. Sorry, God. Like, I can't. <laughs> like, sorry, God. You know my heart. Yeah. 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 And my mom was like, come on, you find a church like Brooklyn Tabernacle. I'm like, mom, no. <laughs> like, I'm not. That's not close either. Sorry. Um, so I was like, okay, God, please, a Brooklyn church. And then I found C3 Brooklyn at the time and Mm -hmm. I thought it was like a concert to be honest when I saw the poster I was like oh like a festival or something like called C3 Brooklyn and I went to the website and it was like church and I was like oh great like in Brooklyn in a warehouse amazing yeah so where in Brooklyn is it they have a few venues but the one I go to is at Music Hall that was like the first one in Williamsburg and Mm -hmm. then the Bushwick location is on Ingram Street okay so like East Williamsburg yeah so it was I haven't been to that one but it looks really pretty it's beautiful and it just makes you feel comfortable I don't yeah. know how to explain it it just it's nice to see that like you can turn that into a church every week you know mm-hmm. and the work that goes into that it's, yeah it's really nice to see yeah yeah it's a lot of work that they go I'm sure yeah that they do yeah. travel from venue to venue yeah and pack up and pack down and mm-hmm. throughout the week as well like planning the the space and the yeah. creative and all that yeah. so it's it's nice to be a part of that because I grew up in a church that was like very I grew up in Lakewood in Houston so it was like not no one had to set it up yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know it was quite the opposite yeah. so um, I mean it it's refreshing yeah. to go to kind of a scrappier church because you see you can really see I think what God is doing there because mm-hmm. it's grown so much but it still has that same authenticity and that just like close knitness which I think is important for yeah. a church setting yeah, and you serve too on your welcome team, I think, or um, not anymore. Okay. So, <laughs> I think I was on welcome team briefly when I met you when I just moved back, mm-hmm. um, and then now I'm on hospitality. So okay. I do like like venue stuff and also like food and stuff like that. So oh, it's nice. fun. Yeah. yeah. It's a I think lot that's a good way. Like I've never been. No, I think I went one time with you. Yeah, we when went you to the first Man- yeah. Going. We went to the Manhattan location. Um, that was the first time I went. Yeah. And we, yeah, it was Manhattan. I think it was on Bowery at the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Oh, it's not there anymore. I don't think so. No, it's no. at the Gramercy Theater. Yeah. yeah. It was mm-hmm. on okay. Bowery, and then um, I didn't go for a while. And then, um, but I've always followed the church on Instagram. I remember when like their Instagram popped up and I'm like, what is this? And I was always really curious about it, but never made the initiative to go. Yeah. Like I was just always like following the Instagram and I was just like, this is cool. And like followed everyone, like followed Pastor Josh and Fillmore and everyone, but I just never went. And then one Sunday I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go to church today. Like today's the day that I'm going to go back. Because I went that one time with you. Yeah. And then um, I went to Williamsburg and I just like loved it. Yeah. I've, I mean, some of the best memories I have like in the past four years have been at church. Just like certain, especially like Easter this year was, it was my second week back in New York because I moved in early April. So I just think that was like the best weekend I've had all year in terms Mm -hmm. of church. Like just seeing what we did that weekend um, as a, like a church body was so impactful because you know what I mean? It's just like the one time where a lot of people come to church and then seeing people get transformed by that, that still come and like are involved now. And mm-hmm. it's just so rewarding to yeah. see and to experience. So, And the community too that you build within. Yeah. I think their community is really strong. That's one yeah. thing I think that has kept me is that emphasis because it wasn't like at the other churches that I've tried out in the city. And um, 
it, it seems small enough. It was so much smaller than Hillsong yeah. when I went for the first time several years ago. And I was so afraid of church. Like, because I, I had been so, I think, I just think I felt bad about myself because I was in a really bad relationship and I was like not living the way that I think I should have lived at the mm-hmm. time. So I knew that I needed to go to church and I, there was one point for about six months where I started going to C3 in Bushwick where I would come and I would like sit in the back row for the worship and like I enjoyed like the hot chocolate and like the treats you know (laughs) and like the mints and all of that and I was like "Mm, nice nice touch (laughs) and um yeah whenever someone would try to talk to me like I had this thing and some people actually at church that I'm friends with now still make fun of it but like I used to call an uber I don't know how I was like, broke, right, but I had like, Uber at money. the end of like the last worship song. Yeah, like, like when they're doing like the end of the sermon, yeah. like I would just be like, "Request <laughs> to get out of here." Like, bye, daddy. Yeah, and then like the people on the welcome team in the back would be like, "Hi, did you get a Bible?" And I'm like, "No, my Uber's here." <laughs> and I would just say like, "My Uber's here. My Uber's here for like uh, six months straight." Like every time yeah. anyone, I'd be like, "Nope, sorry, my Uber's here. I'm already Christian. I don't need to talk to you." Like, you know, <laughs> that's awful. But like that was my thing was like the uber because it yeah. just like made me escape i uh-huh. think and like i could have walked home i that's don't know why so i did that funny <laughs> that's so funny Dramatic. my uber's here yeah, like, and i would get in the car like it was like an escape it was so elaborate that's but. what like that's funny <laughs> that you say that because no lie i literally thought that was like when i started going like more and more i thought that my experience would be like that i'm like okay i'm just gonna go in and go out go in and go out because yeah. i was because you're just so scared of developing these relationships yeah. it's just like i didn't want and anyone like, to see how like messed up my right. life was. exactly you're <laughs> like, like, I, like I'm gonna get better and we oh, and they always say this at churches like yeah. I'm gonna get better before I can actually right, start you right, know yeah. having a relationship with these people and having a relationship with God too but no yeah. God accepts you at any Absolutely, point in your life yeah and I, I grew up in a church again where like you had to pretend that your everything was okay yeah. mm-hmm. um, and I remember like I don't know like like I grew up in like a community within my I went to like a mega mega church growing up but it was fairly small like my mom's like group or her friends whatever and like just hearing what they would say about people and stuff it just made me like realize okay at church you have to like not get too close to people I think that's kind of what my impression was from Mm -hmm. when I was like 15 years old so I started going to C3 and people would talk to me and invite me to dinner party and I was just like no I'm like busy I work in advertising (laughs) can't do anything on a Wednesday night like I have to make an ad like yeah um, my uber's here by the way bye (laughs) and and that was my thing for so long because I was like I don't want these people to know that like I live with my boyfriend who's like a bum like like, uh, who does that and then a lot of people (laughs) in here and um, gotta pay rent yeah like I don't have a job like I didn't have a job but I was like I work like I would just lie to them it was so sad um Yeah, like I just didn't want them to know like what I did. Like I would like leave and like smoke a cigarette. It was just so awful. And um, until like right before I like maybe the year before I moved to LA, that's when I was kind of okay. Like I've seen these people enough. Um, And I felt like God had really transformed my heart by then and fixed Mm -hmm. a lot of the brokenness in my life. So Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? Like, I can get to know them now. And they can know about, like, my bum boyfriend. My heart is a bum boyfriend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, God's healed my heart. I'm getting out of that. Like it's the the lease is still like going, but we're gonna fix that. So I remember, um, yeah. And then I just escaped to LA. I have an escape problem. I think I don't know. I like to escape, but yeah. It kind of reminds me of um, what is that movie with Julia Roberts? Where like uh, every time she gets engaged, runaway bride. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's literally yeah. me. Like, I run away to LA. <laughs> um, and then yeah, I'd gotten so involved in church before I moved to LA because I had a really bad breakup with said bum. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was just like I the only place I had to go without him ended up being besides work was church. Mm-hmm. And so it just became like more time away from him. And then like God spoke to me in that and like fixed a lot of my brokenness in my heart. Yeah. And then from there, I, um, yeah, I moved to L.A. And I knew, because I didn't know anyone in L.A. So I, I had, like, one friend. So I was like, well, the only way to meet people and to, like, keep the momentum, because I find with church, like, I don't want to say I'm, like, a seasoned churchgoer, but I've been going for the majority of my life. And I find that when you stop going, like, you stop going. Like, it's very easy yes. to, like, 
next week, oh, next week, and then you just don't go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I still struggle with that. Yeah, I've definitely been yeah. there. And I'm like starting to like just make it part of my life to just go every Sunday at 1230 yeah. and like get there. Yeah. But I've definitely been there where it's like I get so busy with life and work that I'm like, okay, like I'll start going next week and then next week just yeah. never comes. And then you feel so disconnected. You're like, what, what's the point? Um, I've struggled with that. So I knew that when I was going to move to LA, I needed to go to church like the day I got there. <laughs> so I think I moved to LA on a Saturday and I was in church on Sunday, but I had already like did research on where I wanted to go. And yeah. um, I like visited Mosaic and it was like kind of Hillsong. Like it was just too big and mm-hmm. it was in Hollywood. And I was like, this is far. Like to get on the like 101 to go to church kind of seems extreme. Yeah. Um, and then so I found C3LA, which was in Silver Lake at the time. And it just felt like Bushwick mm-hmm. um, here. At, I in, like Silver Lake. It just felt like the same church. Mm-hmm. Like it just felt like consistent with C3 Brooklyn at the time. And um, yeah. And then from there, I just I felt really visible because it was smaller than um, our Bushwick location even. So like the pastors met me the first Sunday and they just included mm-hmm. me in a lot of things. And I was like, OK, I can't hide from these people anymore because like L.A. will suck me up like if yeah. I don't come back to yeah. church next week. Yeah. So um, and I ended up meeting my best friend at, at church there. Nice. So it just really yeah, it helped a lot. I would have definitely not have lasted a year in L.A. I would have been gone in like three months if I didn't go to church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. So I I know when me and Litzy had went, I guess for me, because I'm so used to like the traditional church. Yeah. That when I had went the first time, I was like, I don't think this is for me. Yeah. And then like it just grew after that one time that we went and I just see so many different things. And like I have a friend of a friend, like she's married to one of the pastors, I think, in the Queens location. Yeah. yeah. Pastor Ryan? Yeah. I love him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's so good. (laughs) Well, I... Uh, so it's interesting because my youth group was very adjacent to like a C3 or a Mosaic or a Hillsong. Like it was very like you ate pizza, you had soda, like there was like <laughs> arcade games and like worship was Hillsong music. So it was very chill um, and it just felt like and like a party like every Wednesday night. Like it mm-hmm. was kind of cool in that way and I it was fun. Like I actually enjoyed like my youth group at Lakewood and it was called like L7 at the time and it was just really fun um, and it really helped like I did a lot of really cool volunteer work with my youth group like for Hurricane Katrina and stuff like that like growing up and so when I got to I knew of Hillsong through like Lakewood because like they would do concerts and stuff um, like the like the Hillsong United or whatever and so from there I was like okay I kind of like this vibe um and now my parents go to church in Atlanta that's similar to, like, the culture of C3. So I oh, think nice. that that's, like, how churches are now. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I could go to a traditional church. Right. <laughs> I, I definitely think that if there were more churches like C3 all over the country, more young people yeah. would be inclined to go. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I've only lived in, like, L.A., mm-hmm. New York, so mm-hmm. I can find a church like that anywhere. Um, but I hate that that doesn't exist in, like... Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, it does. Right. Like, there's transformation. But, like, yeah. just for, like, lack of better example, like, in an Idaho, like, mm-hmm. where do people go? Like, right. if they want to go to church and they don't want to feel like they're in this super formal, mm-hmm. like, sterile atmosphere, you know? Yeah. So. It's very true. Yeah. Yeah. How would you describe um, your relationship with, like, God as yeah. of now? Um. I, I mean, I still struggle with a lot of stuff, like, transparently, um, but I think I've, it's strong. Like, I, I feel rooted in it. I feel comfortable with it. I feel like it's not as intimidating as mm-hmm. it used to be. Um, and maybe that's just from going to church or, like, being around people who have spoken that truth over me. But I think it's just also, you know, I'm I'm not perfect, but I find that I see God in everything. I look for him in everything. Mm-hmm. And I've made it a point to do that and to train myself to do that. So for me, it's like, I feel like it's casual. Like, he's just a great provider to me and a good friend. I think that's the most important thing. We had this, like, I don't want to say campaign, but we had this, um, like, friend series at C3 last year. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me that like God is a friend he calls his friend it's not like yeah. a formal like figure in the sky who looks down on you and yeah. wants to punish you like he calls his friends so I find that he's just my friend mm-hmm. yeah yeah have you ever struggled with your faith absolutely <laughs> um in that 
like five year period of like college and stuff like that I like didn't even pray like it mm-hmm. wasn't like I prayed and was like I could just talk to God from my apartment I don't need to go to church I didn't at all like mm-hmm. it was very bad um, and I find for me personally not to say that people can't live happy lives without Christianity or faith or religion at all I find that when I separate from God my life is awful Um, Mm -hmm. and when I don't talk to God it's awful like my life is awful and if I even have a bad week I'm like oh I haven't prayed like more than a few times this week like Mm -hmm. I feel far from God yeah Um, so in that time between when I was like 16 till I was 22 um, my life was a mess like I was in so many abusive relationships in Austin where I went to school Um, yeah I like struggled in school with like just like horrible mental health issues mm-hmm. um, just put my worth in so many bad things yeah. that like were awful <laughs> and ruined my life every time so I find that there are times where I've fallen from God where I just am like I resent God or I feel like he wasn't there um, that happens you know but I find that in those times if I don't look for him like my life just gets destroyed <laughs> mm-hmm I definitely feel like I've been there too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I definitely, I'm very big on, like honestly I have not stepped foot in a church in I don't know how long. Yeah. But I am big on prayer. Right. Um, That's important. Like that's, that's how you access God. And I find that that's how you speak to God. That's how he speaks to you. So for me, yeah, it's crazy because in the times where, yeah, the times I don't pray, I just feel like, not to say my life gets destroyed, but like like literally, but I find that for me, my life gets just overwhelming. Like yeah. I just can't handle it on my own. I just feel like that everything sucks and I can't deal. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely can agree to that, I think. I feel like the times that I am far removed from God and the times that I don't make it to church, I feel less connected yeah. with not just God, but like with myself yeah. and with my friends. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I feel less connected to the world. Yeah. And it's, I don't want to say church has become a regimen for me now, but like I've been sick on and off the past few weeks and there have been times where I haven't been able to go to services that I typically go to. And I just feel like my life becomes a disaster. <laughs> um, if I miss a day of work, I don't feel that way. If I miss a day of anything else, if I miss like a, like yoga class I don't feel that bad yeah. but if I miss church I feel like my whole week is just like off to a bad start Yeah. and I never thought I would get there because I didn't go to church for so long you know right. and I hated church for so long but, that I, but I did go growing up I was like well I just went as like an act of like my, my duty to my parents and now if I don't go to church I feel like if I'm traveling or something I hate missing church like I just yeah. hate it I'm like no my week's gonna suck because it, it doesn't start with church <laughs> you know um, that's that's the hard thing yeah, so absolutely. I try to like listen to the podcast or something if I miss a service or um, go to dinner party on Wednesday so I can just be around and uplifting people of God you know mm-hmm. it helps yeah. that's really good though because I think it shows your journey and just your growth yeah which is like super important absolutely and I I, yeah, I don't think I could have got there if it weren't for going to a church where people are like, it's okay like to bring your scars and to bring your damage here and wear it on your sleeve and, and don't you don't have to hide it, you yeah. know? So once I figured that out about church, I was like, okay. like. And one thing that really helped me in particular about C3 Brooklyn or now C3 NYC has been stories, which we do every week um, through telling the story of someone in our in our community and what they've had to walk through before they found church mm-hmm. so that helped me a lot because yeah. I was like oh like people did drug drugs in their year I don't know his name but I think he's maybe the drummer at Williamsburg yeah he his story was yeah. like he was definitely like on hardcore drugs right. before going to C3 yeah and like, like like I just love that people are so open yeah, yeah with you know abuse right. like alcohol sex yeah. like yeah. everything so I was like okay like I, I haven't done like heroin but like I've been in an abusive relationship right. where like things were not great and I was kind of submitting myself to someone who was like hurting me so that's okay like I don't know um, and even when I bring my parents to C3 they've 
been to C3LA with me, like they're just like, wow, like people aren't ashamed of this. Like mm-hmm. it's like you, you're telling it on a screen, like in front of the whole like thousands of people every week that come. Um, and it's just inspiring, I feel like. So once I started to watch the stories every week, I was like, a lot of them were like my story too. And mm-hmm. I feel like God spoke to me in a lot of those people's stories. And I was yeah. like, okay, like this is okay. Like it's for me to be here and to receive this and to hear about it and to just wear these scars you know because mm-hmm. like Jesus wore more scars for me so right yeah no I love the stories yeah I definitely so found candid. myself yeah in many yeah in many of them the last one I, I don't remember her name but I saw her recently at um, the Sunday service at the Christmas one um, she was right there and I was just like you're a story like she, I think she was like um she grew up I know that she was like abused like yeah. as a child yeah, yeah. and then also in her teenage years yeah. yeah so I like definitely like related a lot there's a lot story. of stories like that in our church and mm-hmm. just like the fact that people um, feel comfortable enough to share to their share. stories yeah. it's it's refreshing um I always get like brought to my tears in the story segment. When we don't have a story, I get so sad. I'm like, mm-hmm. where's the story this week? <laughs> you know, I need to I need to see like humanity. I need to see that people are here and they they're struggling with things um, that are very real because we live in New York City. We don't live in like Idaho or, right. or Wyoming. Like everybody has so, a story. There's yeah. so much going on and like. Uh, you know, it's hard to believe that we could go to church in the middle of Bushwick and no one, everyone's perfect. <laughs> you know, come on. So it's been really helpful to just like. Is it like every Sunday they do a story? Yeah, it's like for five yeah. minutes mm-hmm. um, in between worship and the sermon. So, Got it, okay. Yeah. And it's like well produced. Put together, yeah. yeah it's it's not really like nice. iPhone. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> it, it's like, it's good. It's the production quality yeah, is. They do a good job. Chef's kiss. Yeah. yeah. So it's nice. Oh, it's filmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm thinking like people are actually getting on stage and like telling oh, their stories. Oh, no, that would be yeah. kind of different. That yeah. would be kind of, well, I guess it's not very different, but it'd be kind of, I'm, I have stage fright. Yeah. <laughs> I would never, uh, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to go up on stage I could and be tell on a my video. story. Yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah. But they do it every week and then they post it to social on like Got IGTV okay. and then mm-hmm. to like, Instagram and That's like really on cool. the on the account and then also like Facebook and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's really moving I think to see how people have been transformed. And a lot of people walked into the church with the same things or the same issues and they felt the same way. Like I can't I've avoided church when I moved to New York cuz mm-hmm. I was doing XYZ and um, I felt shame. Like I carried so much shame and then like I ex- encountered God in this way in this service. And a lot of people have that story of like when God was like you're welcome here cuz yeah. I had that story for myself too. Uh, where I didn't get that the first time I walked into C3. No, it took time. Neither, yeah. yeah. And hearing that from people, it's like, wow, like God is, is directing people here and, and just transforming lives for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think the first, yeah, I agree. I think the first time I went to C3, I definitely didn't feel like connected. Um, but then I, when I went again, um, like, I felt a little bit more connected, but still like, you know, a little bit like removed. I wasn't sure what, if I was going to keep like going there. And, you know, it wasn't until like one specific day, like that, like Paula was singing in part of worship. I think, I mean, I definitely was like going through a lot. So that day that she was singing, like, I remember her just like, like looking at me and like, she like locked her eyes at me and I'm sure she doesn't remember this because she's singing so much (laughs) but like it was so special to me and that's when I felt God's presence because like the whole time she sang like she was looking right at me and like it just brought so much emotion to me that that like you know I felt so connected and I felt like God there like I felt like God through her yeah absolutely that's when I was like this is like home I love that worship can do that yeah that's so special um I, yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for me, yeah, my after my Ubering <laughs> issues. <laughs> my Uber here. Yeah, like not wanting to talk to anybody. Like I would literally just like say hi and be like, hi, my Uber's here. So nice to meet you. Like, and there's also this uh, with church too. It's it's weird when you go to church when you already are kind of Christian because I like grew up in church and I had a very regimen Christianity in my household so like we did devotion every night and it was like Bible study for like my siblings and my dad and my mom and we had to like do a devotion from the Bible discuss it then we all had to give our prayer requests and pray one by one in order of like how old we were mm-hmm. so it was like my oldest brother and then like my older sister me and my younger brother and it was just so like routine like every night we would do it um, and then we would go to church Sunday morning Sunday night and then Wednesday night like was like 
like I had like like school almost for church, like a small group sort of a thing. And um, and then it turned into like youth group on Wednesday night. So that was my life. So I'm, I understand the Bible. Like I just didn't want to read it anymore yeah. <laughs> for a long time. So when I would go to church, like when I would go into Hillsong and like, people would be like, oh, like they talk to you sometimes, like you're new to faith. And it's like, no, I get it. But like, I just don't want to be around you guys. You <laughs> <Yeah. know? laughs> so that was hard for me. Um, Cause you like, they like will put the paper or like the card in your face and you kind of do that like that like when you bend over like oh, I don't yeah. want to <laughs> yeah. yeah when yeah. you're walking like through the subway and people are trying yeah, to hand like, you things you're like, like I'm Christian like, <laughs> like, you would never guess but like I have like tattoos of the bible on my, like, my body <laughs> so um, yeah it, it was kind of like that for a long time and then uh, cause even when I was moving to LA I visited like all the churches there cause I was going out there quite often before I actually moved to like look for apartments and jobs and um I went to Mosaic, I went to Zoe, I went to all the churches to see which one I liked the best. And it was the same thing. It's like, you're never gonna see me again probably, but like, it's just like, like I'm already Christian, like, I'm good. Like, Guys, I'm Christian. Yeah, like, stop. Yeah. Um, I don't need all these invites and these like cards and prayer requests, like, you yeah. Know? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's nice to go to a church that isn't aggressively like that, I think. And that's something that I enjoy about C3, because I don't want anyone to feel like that. Like, when I was on Welcome Team, like, I don't want people to feel like you. It's your first time. Like, fill this right. out, please, right now, in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> like, come back next yeah. week. And like, you know, this time, same time. Like, it's so I find that there's a fine line, and I think that it's done pretty well mm-hmm. at C3. I think so too. Um, one of the things that I I went to a team training one time, and one of the things that I noticed is that Noel, she was like, you know, if um, if you're part of like the welcome team, not to ask, is this your first time at C3? Yeah. But to ask, how long have you been coming yeah. to C3? Yeah. That way, it's like, like it doesn't make someone feel like, oh, like I've been coming, you know, right. or, or feel shy about being hmm. their Absolutely. first time. Yeah. 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 I hated that church culture growing up. It's like, if it's your first time, stand up. Like, I don't know. I <laughs> <Yes>. hated that. <laughs> yeah, um, like, I hated like, no. that. Like, it's just so aggressive. Like, yeah. relax. Like, it is my first time, but like, you, you, you don't have to know. I don't know like what do you right. do about it yeah um but yeah it's it can be pretty pretty aggressive and yeah. scary and daunting for a lot of people mm-hmm. so all right so why don't we go ahead and move on to um our second segment of the show which is either are we should we do the game or should we talk about virgil so for those that don't know yes angie yeah. why don't you fill us in because i'm so <laughs> i'm just so annoying i was like reading about it earlier um virgil basically said that in like the next decade that streetwear would be dead yeah long story short like no one's buying t-shirts and stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. like he said no one's gonna be buying a hoodie right like i totally disagree people are gonna be buying hoodies forever forever <laughs> t-shirts sneakers forever. sweatpants like yeah you know I'm not like a particular Virgil fan. Like I think the Louis Vuitton thing was iconic mm-hmm. for what it, what it was worth. Um, I think anytime we break ceilings like that, um, it's important to acknowledge it, um, to say the least. But I think, yeah, I just think it's kind of inauthentic to rip the culture that you came from and right. uh, he's Absolutely. essentially making streetwear for Louis Vuitton so yeah it's like, like he capitalized on that yeah you know? it's just kind of like and Louis hired him for, <laughs> right, for that, that reason, reason. <laughs> like, yeah it's kind of corny and I, I I saw like a lot of Bobby Hundred's remarks and I'm just like this mm-hmm. is so silly like yeah why you know and I'm happy that people called it out and are talking about it at least um I just, I don't know. I feel like it'll never die. Like, I think it's just going to change. Like, you know. Like everything else, though. Everything else, yeah. I think it'll change. I think it'll evolve. I think there'll be new elements. But streetwear is just something that is just not going to go away. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, I don't know. I find that the older I get, like, what I'm buying is changing in terms of streetwear. And I don't know. I just find that because I'm always on the go and I live in New York, I love to be comfortable. So, I'll always wear a hoodie and a t-shirt mm-hmm. like you know I never yeah. I, I feel like <laughs> that'll, never, my life. <laughs> that'll never change yeah right it's never gonna change and like streetwear is also just like not really the clothing that you wear yeah. but it's like a lifestyle oh, you yeah. know yeah like streetwear is beyond that and um I'm like reading um the book by Bobby Hundreds right now. Yeah. And like there's a quote that he said that I like love and he said streetwear however is simply the merchandise associated with an attitude. 
which is like so true like yeah. streetwear is just not like a t-shirt you know right. streetwear is like it's like the thought behind it's an intentional buy when you yeah. buy something you know whether it's a t-shirt a hoodie a, you know a sneaker it's an emotional buy and right. it's an intentional buy right. you know it's part of your lifestyle it's part of you know you're growing up it's part of what you like absolutely yeah and i i don't know i just find that there are just certain things and certain brands that are definitely going to change and have been phased out by me at least like there are certain brands i just won't wear anymore mm-hmm. but i feel like it's fun to find new ones it's fun to keep my same style but with different brands and with different items and that's one thing I like about streetwear the most is that I never really feel like I'm limited to wearing the same thing. I just it's more of my look than anything else. So, right. and I think that's the thing with streetwear too that I find is that like it just breeds entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah. It like it really does. So right. like like you said like there's just always going to be like a new, new designer. It's going to yeah. be new like something new and fresh yeah, all yeah. the time. I have a friend in in LA actually who has a really cool streetwear brand and it's like based in South Central LA and it's just very like authentically South Central Los yeah. Angeles, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, it's very local, but it's grown so much. And I think that, like, like, I'll buy that now, obviously, before I buy anything super big because yeah. it's just it just feels more local and I feel, like, more connected to it. Right. Um, but I enjoy, like, brands like that, you know, yeah. that have that cultural... I think those are the brands that are going to survive yeah. and, you know, like the continue to grow brand, yeah. neighborhood brands and brands that are authentic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, I don't I don't ever know how to pronounce this. I may. I may. Okay, yeah. Let's, yeah, like, that's a brand that's super authentic. Yeah. Or yeah. even, like, A-Life. Like, it's been they around. They like, Balance. I There's like, so many brands that I... I've been in New York since 2011. There was there was a point where I would just be like, like I'm mainly on door. I say it really fast because I didn't. I wasn't sure. That's like when we started. I'm not even talking about no, that. No, no, no. I, it's I may be on door. It's kind of a lot. Yeah. For yeah. I'm sure I there's may, people who don't yeah. know how to pronounce it everywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember when I first moved to New York, I ha- I've had so many phases. Like, I was definitely a supreme head, which is so embarrassing. Honestly, like, I feel like everyone in New York was a supreme head at one point. point. So much I, like, I needed a supreme t shirt. It's yeah. like it went from like, like Bape to Supreme. Yeah, I wore Bape a lot. Like, I was a wannabe Tokyo girl for some <laughs> yeah. time uh, on my like wannabe, like, fasty wave. Oh, and like yeah. when Love I her. was like 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was, for me, first it was a Supreme five panel cap like that was my thing mm-hmm. and it's so weird that I wore caps like that uh-huh. I would never now and then I started dating someone who sold Supreme so it was like accessories and it was my whole apartment was Supreme it was just I don't know why I did that it yeah. didn't make any sense <laughs> and then um in undergrad, I would just wear Supreme and like American Apparel. Like that was my combination. Yeah, of like choice. that was your look. Supreme and American <laughs> Apparel and like a Hirachi or something uh-huh. or like exotic. And then I kind of I moved back to New York and I started wearing like the Good Company and all these like more local brands that are kind of cool if you mm-hmm. really like appreciate them for what they are. Um, I got really into Richardson, like just like really local like Lower East Side brands. Yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, it's crazy now. Like, and then when I moved to LA, I got into brands there. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, I love that that yeah. you can do that. Yeah. And I, I'm from Houston, so like, if anyone sends me clothes from Houston, like, I'll wear it. This is like a PSA. Whoever <laughs> I would love more. Houston. I would love more yeah. clothes. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so why don't before we go, um, tell everyone where they can find you on social media. You can find me on social media at at Alyssa Nielsen on everything. That's A-L-Y-S-S-A-N-E-I-L-S-O-N. Yay! (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming. This was so much fun. Thank you. I hope you you enjoyed sitting with us. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, guys. You're just listening to another episode of Girls We Know in partnership with Listening Party. The creators of Family FM follow the girl on Instagram at Listening Party Presents at Canal Street Market. Bye! Until next time.